Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Rick Roberts along with producer Gavin. How's it going, Gavin? Pretty good. And if you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. You'll see that these podcasts come in a few different formats today. We're going to kind of dive into a couple of specific questions and then into our topic of the day, which is how do I move from an open micer to a paid performer? Basically, yeah. how do I get work at a comedy club? <laughs> and there's a few different steps to that. And the first process uh, of it, we'll be finding out, are you ready? Yeah. And we'll talk about all things you really want to know that you're ready for. So when you take the jump, you are ready. And then the second part is the, the general process that comedy clubs take when getting people on stage and yep. eventually paying them. So we'll get to that in cool. a second. Yeah, we have actually a, a couple questions here uh, that we've gotten this week. Um, the first one is, is it okay for a comedian to laugh during his stand-up? All right, this one came in during the week, and it's a good question, you know. And it really, it really is okay. It's not my favorite thing. It's probably my least favorite thing to see a comic do is laugh after everything they say. It's kind of uh, ch- it's cheating in a way. A little bit. <laughs> uh, but save yourself on stage. But it's hard for me to listen to as a person who knows that the joke should stand on its own. Right. That you're up there and you know it's funny. You wrote it, so it shouldn't surprise you and make you laugh. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, you will say something that will trip you up and you'll laugh at it. The audience may laugh extra hard at something that you never really got a laugh at before. Right. But you found just like a, a different way of phrasing the setup, and it may get a laugh. And it's okay to be in the moment and react to that laughter and enjoy the moment. But if you're, is it sort of a matter of like, you don't like that you're cueing the audience to laugh, right? Because the joke should do it itself. The last line or whatever, the punch should cue the audience to laugh because it should be funny. It should, yeah. But I tell you what will happen sometimes is the crowds that are tight that aren't giving it up as easy. Okay. Sometimes a little gentle laugh will let them know, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. As dumb as that sounds. Uh, sometimes when I do like a corporate event where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we've had speakers all day and they said you're a comedian, but right. you know, sometimes just a quick laugh or a smile or something helps them kind of go, okay, this is, we're okay to That's do That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But you want to find that out first instead of just <laughs> dictating that this is what you're going to do and start right from the bat laughing at everything you I'd say. I'd love to start my stand-up sets just going, uh, could everyone laugh when I pause? Right. <laughs> I got a little sign. I'm going to yeah. step on a button that's going to say laugh or applaud yeah. or carry me off the stage and throw 50s at me, whatever it's going to be. Um, so if, if you find yourself doing it all the time, my challenge to you would be try not to do it and see what happens. Yeah, You might be actually cheating the joke, and it might get a bigger laugh if you don't interrupt the punchline right. by you laughing. Mean you, think, you mean you think that like if you deliver the punchline and there's one second, maybe two seconds where they're not laughing, and then you start to do the nervous laugh thing, and then it sort of cheats the audience because they don't laugh. They go, oh, it's over. Right. Okay. Yeah. G- you know, give the audience the benefit of the doubt. Give your punchline the benefit of the doubt and let it be strong. Right. And don't rush to your taglines. You know, just hit that punchline, see if it gets a laugh. If it doesn't, you probably need to work on the punchline instead of working on your laugh. Right. That's, okay. That's, you know, <laughs> filling in for the crowd. It's I'm o- at home working on my laugh. <laughs> right. So it's okay, but as a guy who teaches comedy, it's my least favorite thing to see. Right. Uh, some people are different. Some people have a natural, that's just part of what they do. Yeah. And if they do it off stage and it's who they are, I don't want to say don't do it, but eh, my least favorite thing to see. Yeah. You know, a, a pro should know it's funny 
and the pro's job is to let the audience laugh. It might be, you know, and if you're trying to figure it out, I guess just go to a couple different audiences. Like, it might be the audience that you're in front of. Oh, you know? sure, yeah. You can definitely pick the wrong joke for the crowd in front of you. Crowd. I see, yeah. that, see that a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, – we got another question here. Um, it's when performing, what's the usual amount of time you'll get? Okay, I'll shoot through that real quick. Uh, some of you guys, I know that, listen, this haven't even got on stage yet. So yeah. here's, here's the way it typically works. An open mic is pretty wide open. It could be three, five, seven, ten minutes, depending on how many people are there. And depending on how trusting the MC is, they might say, <laughs> hey, go for three. If, you, if it's going good, go for five. Yeah. It's pretty wide open. When you get to a comedy club, you know, their open mic will definitely be more structured than that. They'll have a, a specific time, three, five, seven, whatever it might be. Right. And when you move into the MC spot, typically, and this is just general, but it's pretty typical, you'll do 10 to 15 minutes as the MC, warming mm-hmm. up the crowd, doing a few announcements, bringing up the feature act. Feature acts typically do 25 to 30. Okay. Sometimes it's a little less, depending yeah. on the headliner. And the headliner will do between 45 and an hour. An hour, yeah. Sometimes longer. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite guys who's not with us anymore, Tim Wilson, would do a, a two-and-a-half-hour show on a oh Wednesday sometime gosh. already after a f- MC doing 15 and a feature doing 30. So, Oh, man. The... You know, that is rare, but he was a guy who was selling tickets on his name, so it was yeah. kind of like, you know, the, the, the wait staff, the club knew what was up. Right. Uh, he couldn't do that on the first show Friday because it would have upset the second show Saturday. You know, okay, yeah. all those shows that went back to back, but right. on the one show night, uh, it's pretty wide open. Gosh. So typically the club's 15, 30, and 45. 45 minutes. And, yeah. you know, give or plus five on any of that. The um, When I was doing the, the open mic thing, it, it was really cool because uh, one thing I would suggest is if you think you're going to go super short, you know, and you're not going to have enough material, let the MC know. Give them a heads up. Give them a heads up. They will appreciate it so much. You know, when I first did it, I, I signed up for the event, and then I walked over to the guy who was the MC who was running the whole thing, and I was like, by the way, this is my first time, so stay close because <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. Like, And yeah. I said, so I think I've got three minutes, but just stay close. And he was like, yeah, oh, awesome, no problem, thank you. And uh, so when I got on, he was, you know, within 10 feet of the stage, you know. So it was like I knew at any moment I could just go like, and thank you, that's my time. And he would be able to – and that's a pretty good cue if you go, thank you, that's my time. That's a good cue for him. Right. And also that allows him to stay – uh, looking like a professional as well. Yeah. He's, he's ready to get back on stage when it's his turn. Yep. If yeah, if, if he thought you were going to do ten, you didn't tell him. You did five, then he might be outside smoking a cigarette. Yeah, or absolutely. Yeah, which he shouldn't. You know, but you know, <laughs> it can happen. So that's a good thing. And also, uh, while we're talking about it, if you know what your last joke is, it's always great to tell the MC. Uh, just so you know, I'll wrap up on this three minute thing about the Dalai Lama or whatever right, it might yeah. be. Which, if you got that three minute closer, <laughs> I want to see that. But. But it's always good for the MC to go, okay, he's going into the closing bid. Yeah. And the MC knows it, it might vary and you might a straight, you know, right. s- go astray from that. But if you can give them a few clues, I know when I MC'd, I love that. When I headlined, I love knowing what the feature act's last couple of jokes were so I can right. kind of get ready. Get ready, yeah. Down a bunch of water and get ready to hit the stage. So <laughs> those are great things to do to help your uh, help your MC out. There's nothing like because uh, I'm a musician. There's nothing like being in the green room when the other when whatever's before you ends oh, and all yeah. of a sudden it's like like that and you've got a sprint in and then you're just like hey what's going on you can't think and you can't that's so yes definitely <laughs> good to know those those intros and outros from people yeah it's a big big help so that's cool uh lastly before we jump in i got a couple of things i want to share with you guys once i like 
once again, I'd like to read a couple iTunes reviews. Yeah. Uh, keep those coming. It really helps us move up. And I'm doing this truly organically. Uh, there are guys that will ask people to post stuff on there and, and yeah. you know do it back for them on the other podcast. I want this to be your podcast, so whatever's on here is reflective of a true audience. I got one from John Chrisman here. So I really like the podcast. Here is a seasoned comedian who is also a real teacher ready to help you improve your act. Rick answers the questions honestly and in an entertaining manner. You will learn and improve your act with this podcast. Highly recommended. Wow. Thank you, John. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I I, I am kind of the guy, I'm a dual guy. I love comedy, but I love teaching too. It's just oh, like yeah. hand in hand. And, and I know there's a lot of guys that are million times funnier than me that don't teach and that teach better that don't do comedy yeah i'm kind of the guy that does a little bit of both and i love both of those that's awesome Uh, another one by uh, bob farrell i love this podcast i don't miss an episode the podcast features great advice for those starting in comedy it should be required for anybody getting into comedy i've learned things that weren't even covered in a comedy course i took yeah hey thanks bob i appreciate that i I agree so cool stuff there Uh, one other thing i want to let you know we're going to do a podcast coming up about travel tips for comedians. Yeah. It's going to be a few weeks away. So what I'd like you to do when you hear this podcast, go onto the schooloflast.com website, click the podcast link at the top, and in that first paragraph before you go down and see any of the blog posts or any of the other stuff, there's a little line there that says, click here to leave me a voicemail and ask me a question. Ooh, yeah. So I, I get 20 of these a month <laughs> in my free trial thing. If it goes great, we're going to keep on doing it. But leave a voicemail question under, I think it says 90 seconds. Right. Uh, and either give me a tip on traveling, you know, something that you do when you're on the road if you're a comedian right now that is a, kind of a, a life hack. If, if We can't use hack on a comedy right. podcast. But uh, a tip that will help people make their time on the road more effective, more productive, or more affordable. Yeah. And if you're a comic and you're hitting the road and you keep coming up against a problem, ask a question how we can solve that. Yeah, that'd and we'll be great. we'll jump on that. And we're going to – it's a voicemail thing. It'll send me an MP3 file, and we'll air those in the podcast. Cool. And then answer your question or give you kudos for the tip. So yeah. do that as soon as you can at schooloflast.com on the podcast blog link. Cool. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Well, today's topic is a question I get quite a bit nearly every week, if not twice a week, <laughs> is how do I go from just doing open mics – to getting work at the club. You've gotten this question from me. I get this from Gavin. <laughs> yeah. In fact, right before the podcast, he yeah. goes, hey, Rick, like, man. It's like, how can I do this? How can I get paid? I want to get paid. Yeah. Like, you've only been doing it for 20-something weeks. Yeah. You know? You'll get paid eventually. So there's a few things that you have to consider before making the jump from the open mics to the comedy club work. Right. And the best thing you can possibly do is just put yourself in the manager's shoes Look, look at it from his point of view. The manager of the club. Of the club. Yeah. and Because typically the local manager of the club will book the MCs. Sometimes okay. an agency or a booking agency will book the features and headliners. Right. It's different every club, but most clubs always – most clubs always <laughs> – most, <laughs> most often clubs will book their MCs. So yeah. that's the first gig you're trying to get. But how do you get there? First, got to be a very dependable person. So reliability. Which that, uh, that knocks out like half the people listening, right? Yeah. <laughs> we want to be comics because we can't be dependable. We got fired right. from our job. That's why we want to do comedy. Uh, but they're going to be looking for somebody that's very dependable. Yeah. That when they say, can you be here tonight at 7 and they're calling you at 645, boom, you can get down there. Yeah. Sometimes it is that short of a notice. And this is just <laughs> the preliminary question I want you to think about. Are you consistent in what you do? Do they know what you're going to do on stage in a, in a stylistic way, in a material content kind of way. Like, if I book Gavin, do I know it's five minutes of clean? 
So yeah, I know if right. I call him down here right now, he's going to give me what I've seen before. Yeah. Or is he going to come in here and all of a sudden just do crowd work for five minutes? He sounds like a jerk if yeah. he is. <laughs> Gavin is a tough, <laughs> tough act, man. So you want to be consistent, and you want to be professional. Are you professional? Right. So this is before you even get to any further down the line. Are you a dependable person? And if you're not, you can take steps to fix that. Are you consistent in your performances? There's going to be ups and downs when you first start. Sure. But are you consistently delivering the same style? Are you consistently delivering the same type of of content? Not you know, right. not going from rated X to G to whatever. Yeah. Are you you know you got to be very consistent. And I hate the word predictable, but you need to be bankable. But it's so in that, that they way. know what they're getting. They need to know what they're getting. Yeah. And also, the quicker you figure out all those things and what works for you, the quicker you and more effectively you can write jokes for who you are. That's very true. <laughs> so always ask yourself, what am I, you know, and if you don't know, ask some of the people that watch the show, how would you describe my act? Right. Gavin, I think you, you're, um, you're in your head a little bit. Yes. You're, uh, <laughs> you over, yeah. you over talk the subject sometimes. Yeah. But I think your material is, is smart. Right. Okay. Now you know what at least one person in the audience thinks of your material. Yeah. So ask a few more. If everybody comes back to the same kind of things, right? you might want to keep writing that smart material if it's okay. working for you. Okay. So don't abandon what's getting you there. Okay. Right? So you need to know that. You also want to ask yourself, you know, if I'm going to get work at a club, the manager probably would want to have, want to have somebody different than what he's already got. Right. All right. So what makes you unique as a performer? So, Gavin, just as you, you're, you're new that at I'm this. not very good yet. Right. So, you're honest. <laughs> yeah. You're consistently not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know what they're not oh, getting. Yeah, right. No, but you got to kind of think, you know, what what makes me different? And it may not be completely different than the other comics. Right. In fact, you can go to a lot of open mics and see seven out of 20 that are pretty much the same. Yeah. But you will see two or three that really jump out. For good reasons, for bad sometimes. But, sure. But they're unique in their delivery, their style, the way they look. The way they approach the joke, the way they give the crowd time to process it. Yeah. You know, what, you know, you should identify at least a few things that makes you different than all the other comics they see. Is that so that if you, if you know that some so and so is going to be a feature, and let's say they have a very like super physical comedy type, you know, style, um, is that so if you think, okay, well, I'm a little headier, maybe I could go and do the, you know, the opener or something so that you're a little different? Or is that what you're saying? Well, I think you want to know what you're doing just so you can approach your writing from that okay. viewpoint. And the club manager wants to know what they can expect for the reasons you just mentioned. Okay. You know, Gavin is kind of a, he's in his head, he's likable, he's affable. We've got a guy coming up that's just a real jerk. Maybe we'll put Gavin up front. To, right. warm, to kind of warm the crowd up and give the jerk yeah. a chance to, to do his thing. you know, <laughs> Serve them up so that he can smack them down. <laughs> right. If I was a cl- club manager or was putting together even the lineup for the open mics, right. and I know a lot of you guys listening are in that position, you want to put people in an order that makes them stand out. Sure. So if you have 10 guys and 10 gals, uh, every other one a guy and a gal. There's no reason to right. have three women in a row, three men in a row, if you can jazz it up. If Equality. You, Equality right. and comedy. <laughs> Equality and all those things. If you've got five younger people, five older, uh, some gray hair guys, right. you might want to make, you wouldn't want the first five guys to go up and talk about their proctology right. exam. Because that's what they're going to do, right? Yeah. Everybody that's over 40 that starts comedy in their 40s, that's the first bit they I have. I have that material <laughs> saved for later right. when I actually have one and then I'll, I'll be part of the club. <laughs> right. So you want to kind of Keep the variety there. Yeah. And people could, they could all be identically, let's just say they're all 100% funny. Right. 
if you put them in the right order, they're going to be perfect for the show. Okay. But you could take the funny away from some people by putting three people that are similar right. together. Yeah. And that goes for any kind of showcase or any kind of open mic night. So if you're the person putting together the lineup, think past just the first guy here is the first guy up, the second guy that comes up, you know, gets on the list second, goes sure. second. Look at what makes an overall good show. Okay. And I think this is a mistake made in a lot of open mics. Around here, I think they do a pretty good job. They do, yeah. Here in Nashville they of do. mixing it up. But if you're just starting to put on your open mics, I mean, if, even if you haven't seen the material from the 10 people that signed up, look at them physically and mix and judge, it up. That's what I always say. Judge someone physically. Yeah. Don't judge a booking <laughs> by its cover charge. Yeah. Or but you want, you want to look at, you know, just visually, they should at least look different. Right. Okay. You know, and that gives their just... Every time they take on stage, the crowd has seen a new face instead of, what, four middle-aged white guys in a row? Enough. Here's four bearded hipsters in a (laughs) row. Yeah, Skinny jeans, skinny jeans, that, not really skinny jeans, or whatever it might be. (laughs) So think about what makes you unique. Uh, It's not necessarily something you're going to call the club up with and go, hey, I'm different than everybody you got. Right. But it would be nice if they've already got 10 redneck MCs and you're different than that, you're going to stand out. Yeah. If cool. you're the 11th Redneck MC, it might be overkill <laughs> right? or whatever the case might be in your local <coughs> club there. So think about that. If you're, you know, if you're the same as the other comics you feel, but you're just material is great and you kill every time, and that's what makes you different or more unique, that might be all you need. Yeah. If you're truly hilarious. Well, that goes back to the dependable part. You, they know, and the consistent, True. you know, they know you're consistent. Consistently so. funny. So if you've got those questions answered, you're dependable, consistent, professional, you're also great on stage and you're yeah. unique in a way then you move along to the next one and this is where you got to be really honest is how much time do you have not how many notebooks have you written right i hear this you know this is so i've got two in my backpack right now yeah every beginning time i've I got about an hour of material yeah yeah you, you do don't, you you've don't. been at this for three weeks and you got an hour of material <laughs> who did you copy it from right. you, did not, you could write an hour of things to say yeah you may have given a one-hour speech before or three different 20 minutes but you know yeah but an hour of comedy in your first year is a pretty yeah. pretty big I'll give I'll hand you a towel when you're done if you've got an hour yeah. after a year <laughs> a good hour right that's the difference I could mumble for an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh one of my first gigs uh, back in Columbus this guy named Donnie Lee Diamond I'm sure I've mentioned him before but his deal was uh, hey I'll pay you a dollar a minute don't go over 60 minutes <laughs> <laughs> All right. and I, I would perform at the end of a seafood buffet oh, in God. Springfield Ohio I know uh, man try the shrimp 27 years ago Gosh. But, you know, I thought I could do an hour. I could talk for an hour. Yeah. And this was like two or three months into it. But I, how much material do I have? I, I used that in the first three minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. So that's something you can pull off if somebody's willing to pay you for it. You know, a non-club seafood buffet, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the club, like you say, they're going to want to be able to put you up on, t- on stage and know how much time you've got and give you that time. But here's the thing that I want to challenge the people listening to that are kind of new at this, and even guys that are a little more into it, maybe have been doing it for three or four years. When you're trying to get work at the club, your first spot really is going to be the MC spot. Yeah, that's and what you're shooting for. That's what you're shooting for. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit later about the, the steps you get to getting to that part. Okay. But the MC spot is 10 to 15 minutes. Right. I recommend that you've got 20 to 30 minutes of material okay. that you know inside and out before you try to get that MC spot. Okay. Now, does that sound unrealistic to some people listening? Probably it Scary. does. Scary, yeah. But the reality is some crowds are tight. Uh-huh. You're the new guy when they finally give you the MC spot or you're the new gal. You're up there for 10, 15 minutes warming up the crowd, uniting a group of two, 300 people or 20 or 30 or whatever it might be, a 
individuals into one comedy club audience. Right. It takes several minutes just to corral. Well, and that's, I think, um, it's also a different thing because you're not just going in there and just immediately their first thing's the joke. You are, like, you're welcoming the people. You're doing those kind of things, which is a slightly different skill that also needs to be practiced. Absolutely. <laughs> if you've never welcomed a room of people, it, it can throw you off a little bit if you're not used to that. Right. Know? And that's a, that's another reason why when you're doing the open mics outside the comedy club, which is where I want you to perfect your material best right. you can. I want you to be somewhere else. Don't be, <laughs> you know, your first time at the comedy club, the first time at the open mic, going up there with five minutes of brand new material and seeing yeah. how it goes. Your first yeah. impression lasts a long time. If you have nowhere else to do it, then I understand. Yeah. But most towns will have at least a secondary or third place where you can go and do some time. So work it out and then come in the club with your best time, but know what you actually have. Right. Write your jokes out. Make a list of your jokes. Time them. Yeah. Time them at these other open mics at the coffee house or the bar or the restaurant gigs that you're doing and really know what you've got. And when you think you've got 20 to 30 solid minutes, mm-hmm. these are jokes that work 9 out of 10 times. Right. Then you're probably ready to do the 10 or 15 minute spot at the comedy club if it's given to you. Right. So really, whatever your shortcomings are, you've, you've got the opportunity to fix all that before you try to get in. Okay. But you really got, at the minimum, <laughs> I'm saying 20 minutes. And here's the reality. Uh, some some clubs have three shows on Saturday. Right. All right. A lot of the A rooms do, right? Improvs, Funny Bones, those kinds of clubs. The first club, they're going to come in. They're going to be older older crowd. Because they want to do the early show and get they're home. They're doing the early show and getting home. Yeah. Right? And the wife didn't want to cook, so they're get, ordering the food <laughs> there. And so the material that appeals to the older crowd right. is going to be more relationship-driven, situation-driven. Uh, and if you're a younger comic you might find it hard to relate to that older crowd. Mm-hmm. It, you, you know, your Nintendo jokes and stuff and your Minecraft <laughs> material probably is not going to work with, with an audience of people that are working 40 hours a week and, yeah. and they've got their kids in college already. Yeah. All right, so when you're writing, even when you're at these open mics, always think about, will this joke work for what kind of age group? Right. You know, you're usually just going to gravitate to whoever's showing up at the open mics. Okay. But you want to think about, will this material relate to older crowds as well? younger college age just know what the joke is right that way when you get into the club and you do your first show of the three yeah and you're doing 10 minutes let's say you pick the right jokes you just don't go to your default first 10 minutes that you do everywhere right you go oh i can swap the this story about my work experience as opposed to take out the nintendo thing yeah yeah Yeah. and and the thing is here's another thing that happens to a lot of comics especially when you first start you're excited you get to hang out in the green room now and you're backstage you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't come out and look at who's coming into the club. Yeah. I walk around the club. You know, Zany's here in Nashville has an upper level, lower level. I'll usually go up to the upper level and look down and kind of look around. Oh, there's a table. Look, there's five ladies over there. It's probably a work night out or girls' night out. Over here is a oh, is that a bachelorette party? Right. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look over there. It's a looks like a team. We'll, yeah. You know, and see who's in the showroom. So when you're on stage, you can pick the best material for them. Yeah. You get an idea of their demographic, their age, all those things. Yeah. You see a bunch of groups. If you got some group material, you could, you know, go over that. Uh, oh, absolutely. Know. Yeah. It, you always want to ask the manager, too. If you're on your toes, ask the manager, do we have any groups in here tonight? Yeah. Because sometimes they'll see them and not tell you. 60 people from a retirement home coming in, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a show here, and we had, um, I didn't know until after the show. <laughs> But there were five or six guys that were the the heads of Cracker Barrel. Oh right, yeah. And I've got a joke about being at a Cracker Barrel during a, during a tornado. Yeah. Where it's like the worst possible place you can right. be. Right. And afterwards, uh, one of the guys came up and I 
he goes, did you do the Cracker Barrel joke? I'm like, yeah, I was the guy. <laughs> He's like, well, we're, the, we're three of the CEOs over there. Oh, know? that's awesome. And uh, I thought he was going to be like, that's that's bad for yeah. our company. You know? <laughs> but he said, that's hilarious. That's and he goes, awesome. by the way, and he gave me a stack of cards, business-sized cards. They were called gold cards. Oh. And, Ooh. I mean, I had 20 this or 30. good. And I could go in there to Cracker Barrel with two, three, four, five people. And at the end, when she says, here's your bill, I said, oh, they're taking care of it. And that little nice. gold card. So I ate oh a Cracker Barrel gosh. for like, I think I had at least 20 weekends in a row where I ate a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and, you know, and I, you know, I was asking. I was, well, you have more biscuits, please. I will, I will have a to-go container. <laughs> yeah. And as much stuff as you can put in it because yeah. I'm going to eat and then eat again later. Yeah. Uh, but had I known that they were in there ahead of time, when I hit the last punchline or tagline on that joke, I could have looked at him and said, you know, isn't that right, fellas? Right, yeah. You. And it got a huge laugh. So knowing who's in the audience, there's Helps. times here in town where, you know, music singers country music oh, yeah. singers are in the crowd and it, it's nice to know that in case i've got a joke that i could throw out at them right um many times here i've seen those guys in the crowd so uh, i'll post a picture of me and joe diffie here later on <laughs> and some other guys in alabama but th- th- sometimes they just come out to the club yeah, to sure. have a good time and so knowing who's in the crowd picking the best material for them is important and that's say just the early show saturday yeah. second show rolls in now it's more mixed you got some of the older people that Hanging out till nine thirty, right. pushing it for them. <laughs> yeah, but you've got more of a date crowd. You've got more of a mixed cr- age, everything. Maybe drinking a little more. more. Probably drinking a lot more. Probably. So, do you have material from the first show you would swap out and put in three to five more minutes that's more suitable for that second right. crowd? And for me, that was definitely you know when I was emceeing back in the day, decades ago, it was <laughs> you know the material. Anything worked that second show. Right. To be honest, anything worked. Because you had such a great, diverse crowd, huh. age-wise and situation-wise and all those things. That's so, good to know. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> one, you, you could do that one each week. The first show Friday, second show Saturday, you just, if you're not destroying, you're doing something wrong. Okay. And then you got the late show Saturday, where people are half asleep, half drunk, <laughs> half sober, um, half into it. They've already pre-gamed it, and now they're on the way to your show. Yeah, yeah. they're finding some place to slow down before they get home. Or yeah. they're hitting that last rowdy night, and they're yeah. pounding drinks or whatever. So do you have the material and the pace of material that will keep those people engaged right. and keep them from walking all over you and heckling you? So do you see That's why like 20 three minutes? three different sets. It That's kind of basically is. three different sets. You yeah. Know? And over time, you know, sometimes when you're featured and you get asked to MC, and some people would never do that, I recommend getting stage time no matter what. Yeah. But when you had 30 minutes, when you were featured, you probably had 60, right? Right. So you can do that opening spot and really do three different sets. Yeah. That Gosh. That night, and that keeps it fresh and challenging for you. Yeah, and it's you picking the perfect material for the audience each time. Huh. So something to remember: how much time do I have? <laughs> I recommend twenty. If it happens, you get asked to get up there, and you've got a strong ten. That's all you got. Maybe you go with it, but I recommend twice as much yeah. as what you're trying to get. Huh. And if you do that, you know, and I'm a guy. If you've listened to this podcast more than three episodes, you know, I'm over. <laughs> I'd rather be over prepared and successful. Oh yeah. Than under prepared and wondering why I don't get a second chance. Yes, I'm finding out that that is the correct way to go. Slow and steady. <laughs> a comedy career. Does, I mean, I, 23 years. I didn't get to 23 years by jumping at every chance. And you know, the, the thing is, you, you you're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. But you want to make educated guesses, even when you're doing stuff that's out of the box and out of the norm. Yeah, I'm in the mistakes category right now. Yeah. I'm making lots of mistakes, but I'm learning a ton from them. I, hey, I think it's great. 
it's better than sitting at home wondering, ah, I should have gone out tonight. Yeah. No, you went out, you did an open mic that was kind of weird or whatever, but you tried a few things. You got to fail fast and fail often yeah. so that you have some slow success. Yeah. It's a, it's a pressure cooker. You got to, something's <laughs> got to be percolating all the time. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So, so now let's say you've got the dependability we're looking for. You're yeah. unique and you've got plenty of time. Then you got to think, okay, who am I going to knock out of their current lineup? <laughs> Because that's really, if they're going to hire you to do a week of right. MC work, they're going to take a week of MC work away from somebody, somebody else. Somebody they've used before. Yes. The weak gazelle. Right. <laughs> the one that's, that's right. The, the, limping the, a little, yeah. maybe. The weakest link in the chain is yeah. going down. you got to be the alligator in the uh, in the water <laughs> ready to strike. Yeah, but even the hippo, the slow You need hippo. material? I got that nin- Nintendo material ready to go. <laughs> right. I got proctology material. I got this. I got that. Yeah, but the, I, here's what I think, honestly, is most clubs have a couple of guys that they'd like to get knocked out of the rotation. Oh, okay. There's a couple people that they're working, that they get along with it. Who are they? Uh, what are the names? I'll give you the names. <laughs> One is Rick Rock. <laughs> they're tired of seeing that old dude come in here and yeah. talk about his kids. Uh, but there probably are, out of 52 weeks, one or two weeks where they're like, ah, I wouldn't mind knocking that guy out and giving right. somebody else a chance. Yeah. And that's probably true of every spot in the show. Jeez. Okay. You know, probably, you know, their headliner spots are so coveted and it's such more of a revenue generating spot. Right. That that's probably even more intense. But there are probably a few weeks where you could jump into the MC spot and knock somebody else uh-huh. out. So how are you going to do that? What is going to enable you to knock them out There's of the spot? There's going to be like uh, a Sharks and the Jets uh, fight, you know, and then <laughs> if you're doing <laughs> like a, West a musical Side reference, yeah. <laughs> do I look like a guy who goes to see Cats and Dolls? No, but I'm trying to guys educate and dolls. you. I'm trying to bring you in. <laughs> I would go see Cats and Dolls. Yeah. In fact, I think that's what every every unmarried lady at 30 yeah. is. She's got Cats and well, Dolls. Oh, that's the best show. I just love that Cats <laughs> guys and Dolls and show. Yeah. Guys and Cats. Yeah. Cats. Uh, anyway. How do you get them out of there? you got to get them out of there. One is, is if you're doing the first three things right, you're professional. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you a few tips that are unwritten and I've, I'll never write them down, but I'm going to share them with just this podcast only. Here's how you look professional at a club. All right, the first thing you ought to do, they're going to probably give you a free drink or free water or whatever. Always, Wait, why, are, why are they giving you free drinks? If, if you're going to be the MC. Oh, oh okay, okay. okay. So when you, get your, when you get your chance, always tip. Always tip. I know for some of us, we don't have very much extra cash. Right. And we're trying to do comedy and we're living on our you know bootstraps and everything. But if they give you a water, you tip them a buck. If they give you a Coke, you tip them a buck. Yeah. If they give you a free sandwich, you tip them a buck or two. Yeah. Um, if they're feeding you beers, a buck or two. And treat the employees really well. Because at the end of the day, sometimes the managers don't really get to see your set. Because they're back in the office or they're something. They're back in the office. They're going to ask the team on, on the floor, hey, what did you think about, you know, old Gavin said? Yeah. Man, he was good. Yeah. You know why he was good? Because he tipped us a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> but even if they mentioned, hey, he tipped us a dollar, the manager's happy. Right. Because his employees got tipped a few extra bucks okay. from comics. You're giving something instead of just taking. You're giving something to the opportunity and bringing something to the table. Well, you're investing into yourself. You're I investing mean, into it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're doing all the right things, and you should do that 
after you get hired and when when you're popping in the yeah, club on your off night. Go ahead and keep doing it so you don't have one of those receipt things hit uh, Facebook where you know somebody gives twenty <laughs> cents or something. Yeah, listen, if you have a sixty dollar bill, uh, yeah. and you give a twenty cent tip, I mean, come on. <laughs> Unless you're at Fazoli's. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, Fazoli's they're feeding you those breadsticks. Yeah, you I mean, how many people just walked in and sat next to a table, yeah. got a few breadsticks and walked out? <laughs> That'll be coming up in our travel tips episode in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so how are you gonna knock them out? Really, if you're if you're that confident after all we've talked about you've got the time everything else you know that you can handle the job then you're probably ready to go there and try to get some work so that's when i would make my first step at trying to get in the open mic at the club right with you got all the other stuff going it sounds silly that you want to have all that time 15 20 minutes banked before Mm -hmm. you try to do a three minute spot but if you do a great three minute spot in the open mic they invite you back to the next one you can do a different great three minute spot right and if they invite you back, you can do a different great. And then after five weeks, they see you've done five different great three-minute spots. That's a 15-minute spot. Visually, they can think of you as an MC now. Right. Wait a second. That, that guy, I hardly ever seen him before. And all of a sudden, he came in, and every time I gave him stage time. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And even if you only come back every two or three months with a new three to five minutes. That's still good. That's still good. If every time you they see you at their open mic, you do a great job, you're taking care of the staff, you do your time. Yeah. Hello. Make sure you do your time. Um, um, 30 seconds less is better than 30 seconds over. Yeah, I'm right. finding that one out. You've got to nail it. And that's all about knowing how much time you have. Yeah. If you went back to step three and you, and you counted your jokes, and you know how long the jokes are, it should be really easy to put a set together. Right. You know, uh, in the comedy class, we talk about that a lot. Yes. I give you guys some forms <laughs> to fill out and some things just so you have it. You yeah, there's some amazing, yeah, amazing tips in there. I just used it 10 minutes ago where I was sitting in a car trying to bang out, you know, a little bit of material. And I was like, oh, wait, I know exactly how to figure out how long this this will be. And so yeah. I'd use one of the tips from the, the class and it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, it, just like a pitcher knows what the, the change up's going to do and yeah. it, knowing what your jokes are. It gives you such leverage over other comics that are just like swinging a set list together at the last second. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got all that going on, they bring you in to do the open mic, you crush it. They're going to either invite you back to do another open mic, which, which is probably they're going to do that as many times as they possibly can. Sure. Keep taking looks at you. Always come in, do all the right things, and eventually they're going to ask you to come in and do a, a guest spot on a night where it's a regular show. Okay. Where it's not just an open mic night, but they've got a headliner. They've got a three-act show, MC mm-hmm. feature headliner. And they're going to give you a five- or seven-minute guest spot okay. after the MC and okay. see how you do. Gotcha. So the MC comes on then and sort of warms it up a little bit. You Then you've got your spot. Yeah. So Occasionally, they'll throw somebody after the feature act do, in a guest spot, but usually not a younger, newer comic. Do Okay, so if they throw you in that spot, then does that um, – how do the, how do the feature and the headliner performers feel about that person? Do, do they do they mind? Because it's obviously it's adding time to the show, or is it taking away any of their time? Or you know what I mean? I mean, do they mind that you're just you know adding a spot? Gavin, that is such a great question, and unfortunately we're out of time for today. <laughs> oh, no. But we'll answer that in the very first part of the next podcast. We'll talk about more more in depth about how the common comedy club goes about giving you work cool and how you should go about doing it yes and the first question we're going to answer in that one is do the other comics mind when you get that guest spot cool that's yeah. a great question I because need to know that. <laughs> every comic's going to feel differently and we'll we'll get right into it awesome uh that's going to be it for this week tune in next week for the second part of this podcast about how to get work at a comedy club if you have any questions send them in remember you can hit the the school website and leave a voicemail question 
right there from the from the microphone in your computer, <laughs> or if you're doing this on your smartphone or tablet, you just talk into it. You don't yeah. need any special software, and we'll get your questions on the air. Very cool. But um, I hope that gave you guys some things to think about between now and next week, and I'll talk to you then. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thank Gavin. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.